Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. Look who came back to work after a holiday weekend. Coming to you live from the greatest country on the planet. This, of course, made possible by all the heroic men and women who put on the uniform, those that we saluted yesterday on Memorial Day. We are back in action today for Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not on the verge of passing a stupid debt deal. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. Man, oh boy, oh man, good luck holding me together today because I had a fabulous holiday weekend, but I'm looking around the country this morning and... I'm as mad as hell and I'm not... (laughs) going to take this anymore. I'm very worked up for a guy who just had a couple of days off, but we're going to try and hold this country together with help from our special pals. Ainsley Earhart is going to be here today, co-host of Fox and Friends. Emily Campagno, co-host of Outnumbered in the House as well. And of course, Daniel Turner, executive director of Power the Future, weighs in on Jamal Bowman and the Democrats' insistence that we stop drilling for fossil fuels immediately. That's stupid. Use your common sense. I always build this show as top shelf radio in a bottom feeding political world. But every time I think we hit bottom, you know, that race to the bottom picking up speed, they always find a new low. And uh, that's where we find ourselves as we kick off this big week of broadcasting. 888-788-9910 if you want to be a part of this shindig. It's a show that, of course, has one rule and only one rule. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat, you could be a Libertarian, you could be an Independent. It doesn't matter how you identify or whether or not we agree. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. It's America. Remember America? Freedom! Exactly. We can agree to disagree if need be. Be a Republican, like I said, a Democrat, a Libertarian, Independent. Just don't be a... There it is. Happy Tuesday, everybody. And it is good to be back. I'm in good spirits. I had a wonderful weekend with my family. And, of course, again and again and again, I cannot thank the troops enough uh, for the freedoms they provide us with. Uh, Memorial Day weekend has always been a huge deal in my house because I grew up in Levittown. And everybody in that town, it was the first, it was America's first suburb. Levittown was built for American GIs returning home from the war. And that's what I grew up around. So we always had a special reverence for Memorial Day. Uh, we always, you know, marched in the Memorial Day Parade, which was the biggest event of the year in Levittown. Although I got to be honest, uh, you weren't always excited about it. If you had my physique and you had to put on one of those hot, furry marching band uniforms and walk two and a half miles. This could be a problem. Oh, it was a problem, not only for me and my physique, but for the people looking at me. That boy 
is a P-I-G pig. Great parade, great purpose. But yes, uh, I was, of course, a veteran of the Battle of the Bulge, and I was not winning it at any point during that battle, during my marching band years. But today I have marched back into the studio, and we're going to have a quick discussion about this budget deal. So Biden announcing uh, over the weekend that the framework is there to make this deal. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. Okay. And Biden was trying to sell it as a compromise. And to be clear, it was. This is how politics works. And that generally the two sides are philosophically divided. So you get a little bit of what the Republicans need, you get a little bit of what the Democrats need. And yeah, you kind of hold your nose and meet in the middle. And that's how politics are supposed to be done. So the fact that they've reached a compromise doesn't bother me. What bothers me and should bother everybody is a clip I'm about to play you from Chip Roy, which is that we're not actually doing anything in this bill to curtail the stunning breakneck pace in which we happen to be racking up debt in this country. Okay, you'll get a spending pause, you dig, But a lot of the key requirements, like the $50 billion in COVID cash that's floating around out there, we're not getting it all back, okay? We're not actually getting, like, fiscal responsibility in Washington. We're getting an increase of the debt ceiling so we can meet our obligations, which we should. But we're not getting much in the way that'll stop us from finding ourselves at this very impasse the next time this bill comes up, okay? I tell you this all the time. The debt ceiling is boring. And I don't want to inundate you with all of the minutia of how they passed this and why and carried interest and all the dumb things that go on in between. But what I want to explain to you is if you are running a country, you're running a house. That's it. You're running a house. But instead of two people or eight people or 12 people, you have 330 million people in the house. But the fact is still the same. You have X amount of income. You have Y amount of bills. And if you look at the country with the same level of person responsibility with which you look at the house, I have to say this to you. Okay, if you run your house the way they're running this country, you are a bad head of household. Correct the mundo. Okay, we're careening towards $33 trillion in debt, meaning we're, you know, a few years removed from the interest on our credit card, the interest on our credit card being the biggest percentage of our monthly outlay. That can't be good. Yeah, because it means you're never, ever, 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 ever paying down your debt. And the more crippling that interest becomes, the more limited you are in your wherewithal, your latitude to go out and spend money on the things you want to spend money on. More importantly, the things you need to spend money on. Okay, up until now, the answer has been, well, we'll just print more money. You know, we're not broke. There's still checks in the checkbook. No, 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 but you need to have money in the bank. That's the problem. And we're living as if we're that household that doesn't know the difference between having a checkbook and having actual money in the bank to back it up. And every time we run out and we print more cash, Okay, what that does is devalue the currency of the cash that already exists, which drives up inflation and drives up our bills. That is financial lunacy. Totally. Never mind that most of the debt that's been accumulated under the Biden administration was done in the name of covid relief. And ninety nine percent of it didn't go towards covid. What a fraud. Now, to be fair, we did also have an Inflation Reduction Act. Inflation Reduction Act. But does it project to reduce inflation on any level? 
No, it's a climate change bill. And the minute they passed it under a fake name, they were like, congrats to us. We passed a climate change bill. Democrats are so full of crap. Totally. Chip Roy is not. Chip Roy, representative from the great state of Texas. He weighed in on the current state of affairs in Washington. He's one of the few responsible people in the House who's actually talking about right now putting Speaker McCarthy's speakership in jeopardy. Now, if you remember, Chip Roy was one of the original holdouts who made Kevin McCarthy go through, I believe, 14 attempts before he was voted in as speaker. Why? Because Chip Roy wisely pointed out then we shouldn't be giving these gigs to whoever raises the most money, because if all we're doing is selling leadership positions to donors, we're never going to get the progress the people want in Washington we're going to get the agenda the donors want them to implement. I admire your honesty. Always admire some Chip Roy honesty. Here he is laying it out, clip 18. Barreling towards unlimited debt in this country. That's, we're, we're just barreling towards an infinite amount of debt. And we've got to stop that. The American people didn't send me here to just do what the defense establishment, the spending uh, appropriators all want to do in this town, which is spend money we don't have. And respectfully, all this does is bends a curve off of a pre-COVID uh, or a, a post-COVID curve, right? Instead of pre-COVID levels, we are now going up the post-COVID curve and we're flattening it out, basically freezing spending for two years for a $4 trillion debt increase. I, my constituents at home do not want that. So I'm going to be making that loud and clear to my Republican colleagues that this is not a deal that we should be taking. Thank you, Chip Roy. And he's telling it like it is. You've got to get mad. Okay, he's a lot of Republicans like, yeah, we're making a deal. Look what we did here. But again... Debt is going up $4 trillion. Okay, I understand we have a lot of pie-in-the-sky logistics, but forgive me if you've heard the analogy before, but there's a reason I make it, and it's grossly oversimplified. Okay, what you want to do, what you need to do. Okay, right now we're running a government based on what we want to do. Okay, and the things you want to do can be fun. Okay, endless entitlement programs. You know, no work requirement. If we're going to put somebody there, don't worry about it. Endless titles, you know, climate spending. Woo! You know, all of this stuff is exciting stuff till you find out what you've got to do to fund it. And in this case, what we've got to do to fund it is either print more cash to devalue our currency or borrow more money from China. Okay, when it comes to our clean energy agenda, okay, not only are we borrowing money from China, but we're then paying them back plus interest because they manufacture most of the infrastructure needed for electric vehicles. So it's really dumb stuff. Okay, but again, if you just look at the country like a house, what you want to do, what you need to do. Hey, the kids want to go to Disney World every weekend. But in order to do it, Dad's going to have to turn tricks behind Space Mountain. Nobody wants to watch that. Here is Ron DeSantis, to his credit, out on the campaign trail. He kicks off a 12-city blitz today. Uh, unlike other people running for president, he has events scheduled. Joe Biden has launched over a month and a half ago, still doesn't have any events on the calendar. Come on, man. I still maintain that he's not actually running. He just doesn't want to accept the role as a lame duck president just yet. And he wants to still maintain some leverage in Washington. I mean, have you ever seen a guy announce a candidacy for the president of the United States of America that wasn't followed by a live event in the next month and a half? The answer would be no. No, the answer would be no. Biden launched via a video and proceeded to do 
absolutely nothing. <laughs> Are these the efforts of a man who's hell-bent on running again? Not even close! No. They're the, the moves of a guy who's being bossed around in Washington. Give DeSantis credit for speaking out on this. Because, again, if you want to be the Republican nominee, you are at some point going to need the support of party leadership in order to get that nomination. Okay, Kevin McCarthy is party leadership. He's the House Speaker. Kevin McCarthy seems to think he's doing a good thing by passing this bill. DeSantis does not sound sold. He does not sound like a guy who's just going to say the right thing to appease McCarthy. Here it is, clip 19. Prior to this deal, Kaylee, our country was careening towards bankruptcy. And after this deal, our country will still be careening towards bankruptcy. And to say you can do $4 trillion of increases in the next year and a half, I mean, that's a massive amount of spending. Uh, I think that we've gotten ourselves on a trajectory here really since March of 2020 uh, with some of the COVID spending. It totally reset the budget, and they're sticking with that. Uh, and I think that that's just going to be totally inadequate to get us in a better spot. And that's what he's saying to Kevin McCarthy is, you got to do better than that. Why? Because there's nothing going on that's going to control spending. There's nothing going on that's going to make our debt more manageable. Yeah, we can ultimately say we held it off for a little while, but what difference does it actually make at the end of the day if the spending resumes at an unsustainable level where it already happens to be? So you can hear plenty of support for this bill because they compromise. The two parties can still work together. Ah, The two parties could always work together. Okay, that's how you wound up with a President Trump. The two parties got so good at working together, they became one party. There is an establishment in Washington that loves spending money. It's not theirs. It's a uniparty. 85% of what's in D.C. is not Republican. It's not Democrat. It's swamp. It's go along to get along. I like a good fancy lobbyist dinner. Why don't we take some of those donors out to the strip club afterwards? Hubba, hubba. That's what's going on in D.C., But every time they have a party, every time another stripper shakes it, okay, the bill comes back to you and me. Just hold on to your pocketbook. They just put a lien on your money, your savings, and your retirement. Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And we are just watching that national debt skyrocket. Thanks, big government weenuses. We're going to get your take. That's Kennedy's, I suppose. We're going to get your take on the spending bill. It's hanging in the balance right now. Marshall batting lead off in American Falls, Idaho. Yo, Marshall. Hey, Jimmy. I gotta... Well, this mm-hmm. is bad news for America here. Yep. I told my wife before this that this was the fix. Mm-hmm. The fix is in. Where Republicans could have won it all or lose it all, and they lost it all. So this is what I predict for 2024. 
they will lose the House by between 30 to 40, 50 seats. They'll lose the Senate by at least 20 seats, and they'll lose the White House because nobody can trust them. Yeah, I got so it. Yeah, no, the party definitely feels let down because this is the thing, and I think you know this now. They like spending money just as much as the Democrats do. They just don't have the same priorities in terms of where they spend it. It's true. I mean, it was just basically right before the heavyweight fight here. They're pounding their chest saying, hey, no deal, no deal. We're not going to compromise. We are going to stand our ground. And when the bell rang, they blinked. And so I don't belong to any party. I'm an independent person who votes for the best person. Mm -hmm. And now they just made my small business that I run and my and everybody else harder to to make a living now because the deck was stacked against us when they first put this guy speaker of the house yep well that's the problem i mean that's why so many people opposed it is they felt like they were getting you know a dc establishment guy and that's a lot of what this bill feels like to a lot of people so i get it man and and i get why you'd you'd feel a little let down by the republicans in this moment because even the things that the Republicans yelled and screamed about, like 87,000 IRS agents. You know, that was a big topic of conversation even here on Fox. We were like, this is a scam. They are always going to go after the little guy because the rich people don't ever wind up just handing over their money. You know, if you hit a rich person, you know, with a letter from the IRS, you get a lawyer, you get an accountant. You know, it's the middle class that are the pinatas. You hit us with a letter from the IRS, we're giving you everything. Everything flies out, cash, checks, whatever. And uh, after all the yelling and screaming, even about something like IRS agents and the expansion of that, the Republicans went along with it. They're going to have about 85,000 IRS agents. So it's very swampy. And it's one of those things really quick, Marshall. Do you remember when Trump got into office, the first thing he tried to do was make health care his first domestic priority? But every one of those Republicans who ran on repeal and replace Obamacare for eight years had no actual plan to do so when he got into office. And he didn't know that. That was his first lesson about just how much of a swamp the swamp is. Yes, I do remember that. And the deal is, is I knew that they didn't have a plan. They were just they like to rattle their savers. Yep. But when it comes down to what we say is when the rubber meets the road, Mm -hmm nothing touched down and so now we're stuck and there's nobody on our side and so i'm fed up i'm tired of it type deal um and so i feel that the republicans are going to get pummeled and it doesn't matter if you put trump or desantis in there i don't think they're going to win wow well, listen, your, your, your skepticism duly noted. I will pass along the word. Maybe we should make you run for office. Could you pass the background check? Because I couldn't. <laughs> yes, I could pass the background oh, check. Let's, but let's they wouldn't want me to do that because I would want, I want to play with the big red button. People <laughs> right. Yeah, you sound like a liability already. I love you. I mean, I'd support you personally, but I don't know that we're going to win the whole country. Uh, good stuff, Marshall. Let's do it again soon. Hang in there, brother. All right, thank you. Look at Marshall making good points. Could we just get an adult? Isn't that what we were told? Remember when Biden won, you know, election? We're like, ah, the adults are back in the room. Dude, the adults are running this place into the ground. Seriously, when you really think about it. We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just, they're not respecting our country the way they used to. Seriously. No, the adults are back in the room. We'll take away their car keys before it's too late. (laughs)
It's the morning show that uh, overslept. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. We are fired up. We're back in action. It's a Tuesday. Short week here in New York. I'm heading out to Iowa. I'll be in Davenport, Iowa this Saturday night. Myself and Kennedy. There are still seats available to see us at the Adler uh, this Saturday night, June the 3rd, Davenport, Iowa. The following week, we will be at the Mesa Arts Center in Mesa, Arizona. Hey, girl. And then uh, the week after that, we are heading down to Lexington, Kentucky. We'll be at the Lexington Opera House. It's actually two weeks later. It's June the 24th. But the point is, we'd love to hang. If you're in the area, you want to come hang out with your radio buddy, talk about things, have a couple of pops at the bar. Get you know, Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. So. I don't know. Fat, drunk, and stupid was a hell of a way to go through this weekend. But I'm back to work now with you on the radio, uh, getting a little help from Alex out in Brooklyn. Yo, Alex. Hey, Jimmy, thanks for taking the call. By the way, I, I don't really have much of an opinion on this deal because, you know, I don't know the details exactly. <laughs> but it seems like it's, it's, it's limited spending for two years, right? That's what mm. it is? Yep. And I'm thinking, don't the Republicans have the House mm-hmm. so they could just stop any spending, any crazy spending by the Democrats? They don't need this bill uh, for limited spending for the next two years if they got the House. That's what I don't get about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's really the point of that? In terms of uh, reallocating some of the things, some of the bills the Democrats already passed, you know, that's a pretty good thing. I don't know if they should have done more. But my question to you is, why in the world are the Chinese still lending us money, right? <laughs> We're $31.5 trillion in debt. We're not talking about giving them back the money. We're talking about raising the debt ceiling to be able to to, to borrow more money from them. Uh Why in the world would President Xi lend us more money when he's not going to see that money in his lifetime? He doesn't care about China in 60 years from now, Mm -mm. and I I don't get that. Well, let me explain it to you, okay? There's an old adage that if you owe the bank $10,000 and you don't have it, you have a problem. But if you owe the bank $10 million and you don't have it, the bank has a problem. You know, there's a lot of leverage that that bank relies on and has based on the fact that they carry as much of our debt as they do. So they do need us to remain functioning in some capacity. So that's where we have, oddly enough, a lot of leverage over China, because as much leverage as they have over us, they still need us more than we need them. That's why what I'm frustrated by. Okay, and it's the reason they're still lending to us, to answer your question, is getting beyond the leverage aspect of this, is that we're their number one customer when it comes to manufacturing, when it comes to green energy. You know, we we drive their economy. So China, I'm not worried about China. Like, I don't think they're going to cut us off. Uh, The problem is... You know, what's our money even going to be worth? You know, what's this country even going to be worth if we're a wholly owned subsidiary of the Chinese Communist Party? So I I don't like it. Um, The Republicans getting back the power of the purse probably could have taken uh, a more aggressive stance in this instance. But I don't know. They, They think compromise is a good thing and they don't want to default on our debts, which I understand. But at the end of the day, the Democrats are the party in power. And if you're the president and the government defaults, okay, it happened on your watch, which means Biden could have negotiated and couldn't could have given away more, which is why there's still so many Republicans holding out. So I won't beleaguer the country with this discussion for much longer. Just the point is we got a lot of reckless spending in Washington right now. And I'd love to tell you it's going to go away sometime soon, Alex. But, you know, the minute Republicans get back into power, they're going to spend money because that's what they do. They're politicians corporations on both sides of the aisle yep. and you know the truth is uh, biden wouldn't mind if we default uh, you, you say you know it would be blamed on joe biden that's the truth but there's so many disasters under the biden administration that are not even partly to be able to fault the republicans mm-hmm. right everything is 
directly yeah. linked to his disastrous policies. If we would default, then his 2024 campaign would be, hey, we defaulted. It wasn't only my fault. It was the Republicans <laughs> not, not getting a deal with us. So that, the that MAGA Republican default on white supremacy. Yeah, just they'd, they'd come up with something. What a dumb time to be alive, Alex. Keep playing good ball. We'll talk soon, brother. There he goes. Uh, 888-788-9910. We'll try to get to more of your calls in a little bit, but I wanted to give you a little more background on where we find ourselves as we wrap up this holiday weekend. Uh, We had another wave of shootings out in Chicago. 50 people shot, 10 people killed. What the hell is the world coming to? It's not good, and I hate saying this stuff, okay? But it's the end result of what? More woke public policing initiatives. Everything woke turns to So you know what they did in Chicago over the weekend? Okay, the number we're getting now is 53 shot, 11 of them fatal. My goodness gracious. Ranging in age from 2 to 77 years old. This is, man, I, I, you know, I hate doing this stuff because I'm actually a person and I process this. You know, it's, it's, you know, some people do news for a living. They just get on a microphone and be like, everybody's dead. Let's go to Ron for the weather. You know, but I actually care. And uh, I hate to hear this. And then you come to understand part of what went on in Chicago over the weekend was the end result of the defund movement and that they allocated less cops to the streets and they sent out people in yellow vests that were supposed to be like interventionists, like public relations people. Hey, thinking about shooting your rival gang member? Why don't we have a conversation about your feelings before you do it? I got a bad feeling about this. And rightfully so, because what did we see? 53 shootings, 11 of them fatal. But the premise being, well, we need to have these crisis interventionists out on the street. We shouldn't just have the police responding right away. Because, you know, that could be a threat to the very well-being of these people. That is a fact check false. The fact that people were willing to get out there in the summer of 2020 and try to pretend the police were a bigger threat to the communities than the criminals is why we're watching death rates climb. Okay, I'm sure some of you read about this Lululemon story down in Atlanta, Georgia over the weekend where two employees were fired because they called the cops on shoplifters. Two men came into the store. Stole about $10,000 worth of yoga pants. The employees called the cops. Lululemon fired them because they have a policy of not calling the cops for something like shoplifting because they're still living in that pretend world where having the cops comes means there's a significant chance that the shoplifters will somehow get killed through no fault of their own. Here is a newsflash. Okay. Nobody. Nobody is just riding around getting indiscriminately killed by the cops. Nobody has any stats to back that up. Okay, the George Floyd killing was horrific. The system functioned properly. The thug cop, Derek Chauvin, was imprisoned. He will spend the next 20 or 30 years in jail. Okay, and for that, we should be grateful because there was accountability for a bad cop. As it pertains to the rest of the cops out there, In no way, shape, or form do they represent an existential threat to anyone's life who isn't getting violent or endangering the lives of other people first. If the cops get called on you for shoplifting, yes, there's a very good chance you should get arrested. But the only way you're getting killed for that shoplifting is if you were doing it, oh, I don't know, with a gun that was being pointed at people. Or you were trying to take a cop's weapon. But do we have any evidence whatsoever of a guy getting the cops called on him for shoplifting and the cops just called up and wasted everybody? No, we don't. 
Okay, but that's part of what happened in Lululemon. They were trying to create more sympathy for the criminal than they were for the cops. That was a summer 2020 Black Lives Matter policy. Well, all cops are bad now, so any place we traditionally have a cop, we probably shouldn't have a cop because, you know, people be a little safer. If we're just, you know, we're riding around with less, we'll just let the public, it'll sort itself out. I'm surrounded by idiots. I was screaming it then, I'm screaming it now. Okay, there's a basic disrespect and basic disregard for the well-being of others in the age we're now living in. Did you see the story over the weekend of the two Marines? Two Marines jumped on a beach by a violent teenage mob who just beat up the Marines. Guys got their heads kicked in because one of the Marines got hit by a firework. So we went over to the kids and was like, hey, I don't know, maybe not shoot fireworks at us. At that, they got jumped by 40 kids, got beat up, got kicked around. Memorial Day. We honor our troops. Memorial Day. Two of the troops got beat up by a violent teenage mob. Why? Because we have a failure of parenting in this country. It's a massive failure of parenting. And every time you pass the buck up the ladder to the government, you go, well, no one can take care of themselves anymore. Forget personal responsibility. It's not up to the parents to raise a good kid. It's not up to the kid to respect law and order and follow the rules and have some type of investment in a greater good. No, no, no. You can't do that on your own. You're stupid. Just keep voting Democrat. Let the government solve the problem. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. This idea that we're just going to federalize everything you don't like about somebody's life is why we're in the position that we are. Shoplifters can no longer be arrested because we supposedly grew up and now live in such an oppressive climate that it's not their fault they're stealing the, the clothes. <laughs> I mean, come on, dude. This is the- That was absolutely dreadful. But that is absolutely dreadful, but it is the policy. Lululemon, now you can't call the cops on the shoplifters. Wait, what? They're stealing. But that's it. They're stealing. You're not supposed to steal. Get It's a commandment. Okay, it's a law. It's a commandment. Nah, don't call the cops. Something bad could happen. Heaven forbid something bad happened to a criminal. We wouldn't want that. It's stupid. That's why Marines are getting beat up. That's why people are getting shot all over Chicago. Remember this. We covered it last week on The Five. Okay. The BLM organization, which raised over $90 million, okay, $90 million, now filing for bankruptcy. And do you know how much money was spent on actually helping the black community? I'm talking about here's extra money for defense lawyers. Here's extra money for advocacy groups. Here's extra money, you know, for trouble. You know how much money went to the actual black community? Zero. Zero. They bought a mansion. Relatives got put onto the payroll. And then when the IRS was like, hey, we'd uh, like some type of accounting for the money you raised. Okay, the BLM organization has had three different people abandon the top post because they didn't want to speak to the whereabouts of the money. Okay, which I told you in the summer of 2020, black lives have always mattered. Nobody was walking around saying they didn't, okay? As a premise, yes, Black Lives Matter, good. Thumbs up. Black Lives Matter, the organization, very bad. Very, very bad thumbs all the way down. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. But why am I right? Well, they were, for one, were discussing and advocating for the destruction of the nuclear family. They were a Marxist, they were a Marxist organization, 
But bigger than that is they were trying to take personal responsibility away from the individual. They were waging a rhetorical war and a budgetary war on the cops. And the end result of the BLM protest of 2020 is a massive increase in the black murder rate. Now, are any of the corporations who donated to this organization asking for the money back? The answer would be no. No, they can't. That's the brilliance of the grift. You can't call up now and go, hey, uh, we're over here at Nike. Uh, We'd like the money back. Then they can turn around and be like, oh, what do you mean? So black lives don't matter anymore? Who's this racist? And that's how they got over on everybody. Okay, but the point I'm trying to make to you is black lives never mattered to these politicians. Black votes did. It was the summer of 2020. They needed to win an election. So they pretended with a straight face that America was a white supremacist country. We were systemically racist. This government at its core was so racist that the only way to save it was to replace a guy that had been a part of the government for three years and replace him with a guy that had been a part of the government for 50. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? But that's what they did. Okay, no, it's a racist government. It's been racist since day one. So we need to get this Democrat in here. You know, the one who eulogized a member of the Ku Klux Klan, Robert Byrd. No, that's the guy that's going to, I'm telling you, that's the guy that's going to repair race relations in the country. That's what they did. And people went along with it because, you know, yelling bigotry and racism and everything in between, it's an effective campaign tool. But it doesn't offer a deliverable for the communities it's supposed to protect. Black Lives Matter, the organization, them, okay, in concert with the defund the police people, the radical left-wing squad and the Democratic Party. Remember that? Yes, I support the defund movement because this is about the the um, investment. Uh- in our communities, which have historically been divested. Not only do we need to defund, but we need to dismantle and start anew. Why use the word defund? Why use the word defund? And it's like, this is the word that's coming from the streets. Oh, you're an idiot. You really are. This is the word that's coming from the streets. Step into my office. Why? Because you're fired. You should be. Because you understand that whole movement, that whole summer of unrest in 2020 has led to an increase in the black murder rate. The money was completely absconded. The streets remain lawless. Is anyone in the Democratic Party speaking to the lawlessness in any of these cities? I think we all know the answer. It's no. Look at New York. We had a guy, Jordan Neely. It's a tragic situation. He used to be a Michael Jackson impersonator. I see him all the time when I was a cab driver. He'd be ripping it up on 42nd Street around 2012, 2013. I don't know what happened to him, uh, but he went into a state of mental disrepair where he was now threatening people on the sidewalks of Times Square. He wasn't doing the Michael Jackson bit anymore. He was just walking around screaming and yelling and getting violent with people. And uh, ultimately, when he was on the subway two months ago, month and a half ago, he got violent with a group of subway passengers so much so that a U.S. Marine sprung into action, subdued the guy in a chokehold with the help of a black passenger. And, of course, Jordan Neely died, Daniel Neely now being prosecuted, because AOC called it a lynching. AOC is a dope. Totally. But all the people trying to score political points by yelling racism where there wasn't any didn't actually follow up on the progress of any of the people she purported to care about. Is anything being done about the mental illness problem on the subway? No. The violence, 27 people have been killed on the subway this weekend. Over the weekend, uh, this year, 27 people have died. 
Over the weekend, a guy got slashed in the face and fell in front of the train. Thankfully, he survived. But is anyone having a rally? No. 53 people shot in Chicago over the weekend. Anybody care about that? No. No one's saying a word. And just keep that in mind the next time they want you to write a check that's going to save the world and bring along racial harmony. All the people telling you we're a racist country benefit from you believing that. Okay, which means the problem is never going to go away as long as they're in charge. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. It's going to be a track meet from here. Emily Campagno is coming by. Ainsley Earhart in the house as well. And we're also going to spend some time with Daniel Turner the rest of the way. You're, of course, welcome. Your calls, text, tweets, carrier pigeons, 888-788-9910. Tonight, if you're looking for some fail vision on the telly, I'll be on the Ingram Angle at 10, my regular Tuesday night hit, although it will be hosted by Kaylee McEnany, our good pal Kaylee, former White House press secretary, filling in for Laura this week as she gets a much-deserved break. Uh, so me and Kaylee will get the band back together. Uh, and have a little chit-chat about the state of affairs in America where we're having, uh, i got to be honest, a bit of a moment in the marketing uh, firms of America right now. What's happened to these corporations, because they are so aggressively pursuing these ESG scores, environmental and social, you know, that whole thing, DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, all the marketing firms, you know, like the Bud Lights of the world, like the Targets of the world, now Coles is involved. Miller Lite at one point said they don't want <laughs> chicks in bikinis. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. That's basically what the corporations are saying. But what's happened is, you know, mad men who used to come up with the ads and sell you products have been replaced by mad them. And the thems uh, have taken Don Draper, turned him into Dawn Draper, and now they're prioritizing everything except what the customer wants. They're crazy. They really are. And they've got the bottom line to prove it because people are walking away in big numbers. We're going to discuss the latest from the Target culture war when we come back right here on the Big Bad One and Only Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Boom, there it is, back in action, big hour. Coming up with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, here on Fox Across America. Emily Campagna is coming by. She's the co-host of Outnumbered. Ainsley Earhart going to be in the house as well. She has a new documentary out on Fox Nation about Tim Scott. It's called Who is Tim Scott? And some of the hot money in Vegas says he could be the next president of the United States of America. Wrong. Didn't think Trump would like that, but we'll get into that. We're going to talk 2024. We're also going to talk 2023 because there's something going on right now in the marketing suites at all of these corporations that I got to be honest is really stupid stuff. And if you don't believe me, ask Target, who has now lost $10 billion over their tuck swimsuits, which I got to be honest, you're talking about a swimsuit for a two-year-old that allows them to be a boy dressed as a girl. It's, it's, it's people with a dirty mind that think like that. 888-788-9910 if you want to weigh in. Now, when I get on the air on this show, I tell you this all the time. I'm not an activist. I'm a talk show host. Activism takes a lot of energy that I don't have. I don't want to go to the rally. 
I'm not going to protest. I believe nothing. I don't care. I just want to talk. I want to create a forum where people can engage in a good faith exchange of ideas. And, you know, we could maybe someday, someday get this country back to a place where it's playing championship ball. And what I mean by championship ball is we go back to accepting the reality that we're all teammates. You might have different philosophical or political or ideological views than I do, but we're still just one American country. As the country goes, we go. Right now, our politics have descended into such a petty place of hyper-partisan pugilism, if you will, just fighting, beating each other up all the time, that we've become those two kids in the back seat of the car that don't want to share the toy. So they're both pulling on the toy so hard, they eventually just wind up breaking the toy. That's where we are right now with America. We're tugging so hard on it for control that we're now doing petty, stupid things that are ultimately just destroying the toy. Like, let me be very clear. Okay, the Republicans are not mad that corporations are celebrating Pride Month. Okay, and the reason they're not mad they're celebrating Pride Month is because this is not a new thing. Pride Month has been around for decades And it's great. You're an adult. You're gay. Okay. You know, you're out of the closet. You take pride in that. This was not a country that always supported such things. After all, we're being led right now as we speak by a president who fought over the idea that men and women uh, should be the only ones married. He, He loved that idea when we talked about You know, letting gay people get married. Joe Biden eventually came around because he's completely unprincipled. But here's Joe Biden, the senator. I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law, the Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman, and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here? So that's how he felt. And then when the political winds blew and they saw support in the tail end of the Obama administration for gay marriage, he reversed policy. But don't ever forget, Barack Obama was against gay marriage. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. Okay, he only came around to supporting it in the latter term of his administration. Okay, because the political winds blew in a direction that allowed him to position himself as some type of civil rights hero. And to be honest with you, okay, anybody who wants to get married is fine. Okay, listen, if you're gay and you've met some opposition from your conservative friends over marrying someone else, it might not have been because they're anti-gay. It might just be because they wanted you to be happy. I think he's got a point. (laughs) Like, I am a bad ambassador to marriage. I married a farm girl. She's wonderful. Okay, it's just the best of the absolute best. And, like, marriage looks good on me uh, because I'm walking around in, like, perpetually good mood all the time. But that doesn't mean everybody marries into that type of situation. Okay, get a lousy husband, a lousy wife, get a lousy anything in between. But the point is, I understand, okay, the gay movement and the need for pride in this country. I actually do. But what's going on in these stores is not pride, okay? The pride movement was not a year ago about two-year-olds being able to switch genders. The pride movement was not a year ago about kindergarten kids getting a lap dance from a guy named Cinnabons. What the hell did you just say? I'm just saying these drag shows, which we all support, drag is not under attack. Drag has been an institution in this country for as long as we've had a country. But it was something that was always frequented by adults. 
where the blowback is coming for places like Target and now places like Kohl's, who put out a pride onesie, is when they started aligning a sexual agenda with children. Okay, because back in the day, uh, as recently as a year ago, if someone told you they wanted to talk about sex to children, the societal response was, He should be behind bars! But now we're in, again, such a petty place in terms of our politics that one side being against it has become reason for the other side to be for it. That's what goes on now. Uh, the Republicans don't want little kids getting lapped. Well, then we like that. No, let's get them to lap dances. Come on. Okay, everything that's going on to children in this country was not something children were asking for. These are adults forcing their views on children. Here's a newsflash. Two-year-old kids aren't transgender unless there's an adult in their life that makes them transgender. Are you trapped in the wrong body, sweetie? You seem a little slow this morning getting out of bed. Are you sure you're in the right body? You didn't finish your mac and cheese, and we got the dinosaurs. You like the dinosaur shapes, but you didn't shape... You didn't eat them all. Are you sure you're not in the wrong body, honey? You know, there's a surgery. There's the book. Here's something you could read. Here's a show you could watch about people like you who might be trapped in the wrong body. What they're doing in a lot of liberal spaces, I'm not kidding, is these kids have become like fashion accessories. I don't doubt there are people who want to transition, people that are suffering from body dysmorphia. They deserve our support and acceptance. And if you're old enough to make decisions about your body, you should have every right to go transition if that's what you want to do. But the reason kids can't get a boob job at age five, reason kids can't get a tattoo at age five or Botox their lips or anything in between is because they aren't evolved enough to make responsible decisions for themselves, let alone decisions that are going to subject them to a lifetime of surgeries and follow-up medications. But why are people on the side of pushing for kids to have these options? Money, 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 money. And on the Democratic side of the aisle, it's a new manufactured civil rights movement. They can get out there every day and yell and scream that we've got these oppressed people. You're denying them their rights. When a man could, can't swim against a biological woman, you're denying him his rights. No, you're not. He still has a right to compete. Go race against other guys. All we're arguing about is the costume at this point. Okay, but what the Democrats have managed to do successfully in a lot of circles is, par- is position this as a new civil rights movement. Unfortunately, it's a civil rights movement where we're manufacturing the people. Okay, the original civil rights movement was about a group of people who were being denied their rights and deserve them. We fought a civil war to make sure that they'd have them. And even after that, we needed the closest thing to a war to get us through the Jim Crow South that was run by the Democrats. But now it's the Democrats who've spent their whole lives oppressing people as a party that are saying, what if we went out and said the other guys were the oppressors? And they were like, but there's nobody being denied any rights. And the Democrats are like, what if we make some? And that's kind of what's going on. So if you're transgender, you, of course, have our support. And if you are an adult and you want to do that to your body, you have every right to do that. This is the United States of America. That's the whole hook of living here. But the reason places like Target are getting backlash is because they're forcing that on children. Little kids at the age of two should not feel trapped in the wrong body unless they have someone shoving it down their throat. And they do have someone shoving it down the throat because it has become a fashion accessory. Okay? It's it talked about at every turn now. That's become a thing. If you are a woke liberal elite, it's predominantly white people, 99.9% of the trans community are rich white people. 
and they consider this a fashion accessory. Well, my child's trans. My child's non-binary. Here's Rachel Lefevre. She's on Instagram claiming she can't go to Target anymore. This is a Twilight actress, clip 20. That's where the pride display used to be. I came in here two days ago, and my 7-year-old, who's non-binary, saw it and said, Look, Mom, it's pride. Look, they're going to celebrate me. I can't bring them here anymore, at least for the entire month of June, because if they walk in, and all the other people who walk in and go, where'd it go? We could do so much better than this. We're not supposed to negotiate with the terrorists. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Terrorists. We're not supposed to negotiate with terrorists. Oh, shut up, woman. <laughs> We're not supposed to negotiate with terrorists. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. Would you shut up? This is not pride. Pride is, hey, I'm proud of what I am. Pride. Okay, this is wanting to surgically change what you are. You're not proud of what you are. You want to change what you are because you hate it. It's the actual opposite of pride. But the fact that they're trying to hijack the pride agenda by tying one to the other is they're erasing the gay community just the same as they're erasing biological women. Hey, we fall under these two categories. And why do they do this? It's a political patchwork quilt. If you sew everyone's cause together, you have that many more umbrellas under which you can claim oppression. Well, you're oppressing the pride movement. No, we're not. Go have a pride parade. Okay, when they're wearing pride jerseys in the National Hockey League, okay, you're not oppressed in this country. That's true. That is true. When every corporation in America is saluting you, on your month of excellence and acknowledgement, you are not oppressed in America. That's true. That is true. They don't have Pride Month in the Middle East. You know what they have? They have Pride 30 seconds. And then the cops show up, and you got a big problem on your hand. And I'm not saying the Middle East should be the standard we hold ourselves to. I'm saying the Middle East, the rest of the world, should be the perspective that allows an honest conversation where we can stop pretending anyone's being oppressed in this country or someone's out to get pride or someone's out to be intolerant or bigoted or you can't bring your kid to Target anymore. That's not what's going on. The official conservative position on pride is have at it. Okay, the official conservative position on being transgender, have at it if you're old enough to do it. Shouldn't happen at the expense of women. Okay, but when it comes to two-year-olds and five-year-olds and seven-year-olds, that's not gender-affirming care. That is agenda-affirming care. And everyone trying to shoehorn it under the guise of pride is just there because it's the latest form of oppression they can weaponize. Why are they doing this stuff? Because racism doesn't cut it anymore. Do you remember the scene in Casino where Joe Pesci's getting sloppy as an enforcer? Eventually, Nikki wasn't getting him down with one punch anymore. That's the race card. The race card is now funny. The Democrats have overused it so much, people now are like, no, no, do me. Do me. Call me race. Come on. Say I'm a bigot. What's going on? I want to hear it. It'll be great. That's what's going on because it's absurd. You can't speak to people who fought for real civil rights and convince them there's any comparison between what they did and what we're pretending to do in this day and age. And that's why these corporations are losing money in the way that they are. 
It's because they went out and they tried to shoehorn something that wasn't pride into pride so they could claim oppression. And all they're doing at the end of the day is just picking a fight with reasonable people from both sides of the aisle that don't want little two-year-old kids being encouraged to chop their That's not pride. That's disgusting. You're listening to the most addictive show on the radio. This is crack, rock cocaine. It isn't glamorous or cool or kid stuff. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's America's life coach. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. So if you follow this show, you know that a few months back, we agreed to have Emily Campagno on every Tuesday. What the <laughs> hell were you thinking? I don't quite know, but we're always happy to see her. She's so good for morale. The human happy hour back in the building. Hey, girl. Hey, guys. Nice to see you. I missed you. I'm saying the holiday weekend looks good on you, pal. You look like you're in a good space. Yeah. I, I did the same. I didn't do a lot, but is sometimes doing nothing is over is underrated. I think for people like you and I, mm-hmm. where our neutral, our idol mm-hmm. is literally 80 miles an hour, for yeah. me, yes, actually being on a six-hour flight was amazing. Just um, sitting there, yeah, like, prevented from moving around as a tornado or Tasmanian devil, and then getting to rest. I was at my dad's in Oregon. It was amazing. So, yeah, a day off for us is mm. like Because people don't know this. Incredible. Emily is Animal from the Muppets. Yeah. And people privately in your <laughs> private life, your family and friends, refer to you as Animal yes. from the Muppets. She has a lot of energy. Like, she'll come over to your house and just start smashing stuff. <laughs> it's like we have an untrained dog. <laughs> We're cleaning it all. Depends <laughs> on what mood I'm in. We cage her. When, Je- when she comes over to hang out with Jenny, like, if we have to run to the store, we actually crate her. We crate Emily. Uh, Emily is, of course, also uh, the host of the Fox True Crime podcast. We should know about it. What's happening this week? Oh, this week, it's a really gripping story about the murder of then Yale graduate student Annie Lay. And I had the honor of talking to Lisa Dadio, who was one of the premier uh, detectives on the case there in New Haven, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. It's a really stellar example of all of these agencies coming together to locate this young woman that unfortunately, on the day she was supposed to get married, her body was found stuffed into a laboratory wall um, and who ended up being, who ended up pleading guilty to the horrific murder and attempted sexual assault will surprise you. So stay tuned, download everywhere podcasts are. You can listen to the Fox True Crime Podcast and certainly every episode before this one, equally gripping, equally behind the scenes with a unique perspective by the guest. So absolutely, I can't wait for you guys to listen to this one. No, you'll love it. And everybody who listens to this show that listens to it is so impressed by your legal acumen. No, it's great. But it's funny because it doesn't really get to come out on the show. Like they get a different, you know what I mean? They get they get the My Cousin Vinny version of this. <laughs> <laughs> like on the show, you're like, wow, this woman's educated. <laughs> it's like a whole legal career and you stuff. sure this is a movie? <laughs> <laughs> Who's the voice standing? On the show, it's the total opposite. It's like, well, I'll go break his thumb. He owes you money. <laughs> I'll send a guy over there right now who'll break his thumb. I'm like, oh, you, can't, you can't do that. <laughs> that you can't do it. Um, really weird thing, though. I was talking about this at the top of the show. Isn't it really weird to you as someone who has a a lot of empathy, to be clear, for the incarcerated? And you've always talked openly about criminal justice reform, but not at the expense of the quality of life of everyone around them. There is this real indifference to the good guys right now. Like if you're looking at some of the crime stats from over the holiday weekends, it doesn't feel like the good guys are the priority. Isn't it weird? No, it's so disheartening. And I think what 
we've come to expect in these holiday weekends, instead of recognizing the holiday for what it is, Memorial Day, those that made the ultimate sacrifice, July 4th, Independence Day. Instead, we are expecting, dreading, and then reporting on the spike in homicides and, you know, violence over the weekend. weekend Exactly. It's like, and and it used to be, and not that it made it okay, but it used to be sort of the same, you know, five horsemen cities. And now it's Hollywood, Florida, San Clemente, California. It's places where there are families. Where can you go? Where can you go where you're not going to be around Mm -hmm. senseless, random violence that I, I think it's not so random anymore. It just seems to be everywhere. Yeah. It's just kind of like normal now. And it's not us. Like, I always ask myself, are we like the, hey, you kids get off my lawn, people? Mm. But it's not us. It's not a product of our age. It's the reality of the country we're living in. I still want the kids off my lawn, though. You know what I mean? I mean, they're still there. They shouldn't. I mean, come on. I paid money for this place. The trick is like a little, little bit of pepper spray on the grass. It's gonna, it emits that smell. <laughs> I kid. She kids. Uh, it's, it's the Fox cutting. True Crime Podcast. Go, Please go watch it. We do this every Tuesday. If you need a reminder, you'll get one again next Tuesday. She comes right off the outnumbered couch, comes running in. It's like Cinderella, like at 1159. You know, she has to get home. The door just like swings open. There's a confused prince behind you. But it was a great hang. Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. My story is not a story that starts with a silver spoon. Maybe it was plastic, but it wasn't silver. Opportunity is the story of his life. Tim always wanted to be in a position to make his mom and his grandparents, his family, his friends proud of him. He is one of the more authentically good people. He works hard. He talks about big ideas. He's an engaging personality. Authentic, principled, loyal. Big picture kind of guy. Optimistic, forward-looking, integrity. This is personal to me. I will never back down in defense of the conservative values that make America exceptional. And that's why I'm announcing my exploratory committee for president of the United States. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. That is, of course, Tim Scott, a man who was running for president. There is a fantastic documentary streaming now on Fox Nation, hosted by a woman who a lot of people wish would run for president, but she can't because she's friends with Brian Kilmeade. That would get anybody disqualified. But she's, of course, the co-host of Fox and Friends. Ainsley Earhart is here. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, how are you? Uh, Ainsley 2028. Can we just start floating it now or no? Are you kidding? Come on, You could not pay me you could not pay me oh my goodness i I wouldn't be able to stomach it i could not take it no one would vote for me anyway so thank you jimmy though well listen unlike me you would at least pass the background check i couldn't even get i I couldn't even announce like i can't even be ainsley i couldn't be i couldn't be president of my fantasy football league let alone the united states Man needs yes, to know his. I don't know. Now you're buttering me yeah, up. Make you more relatable. Look, we all, <laughs> we've all done things that we're not proud of. But I'm sure you have a squeaky clean record, Jimmy. Yeah, I'm actually better. I present better than I make it sound. That's part of the hook. You know, <laughs> that's part of the hook. Um, but I want to talk about this, that's Doc, right. because I love the Tim Scott story. And I think it's a good story mm-hmm. for America because getting I past see. the quality of individual that he happens to be is the fact mm-hmm. that. He's running on the America we are as opposed to the America we were. Like when it comes to race, uh, the Democrats are trying to tell a story that Tim Scott has proven wrong. 
And that's why I think they're so threatened by him. Do you kind of get that feeling when you watch him? Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's he's a really nice person. Um, I've never, not that I'm I'm not aware of any controversy in his life. No. And um, you know, I've gone down there and interviewed him a lot. He's a really strong Christian. He goes to a big church in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. That. Mm-hmm. Um, has grown all over South Carolina, but it originally started there in Mount Pleasant. It's called Mm. Seacoast Church, and it's fabulous. He's really good friends with the pastor, Greg Surratt, and his son, Josh Surratt, and um, they have Bible studies. He was just a solid guy. He's really well-liked in the Charleston area and in the South Carolina area. He uses this phrase from from cotton to Congress Mm -hmm. because his, you know, um, ancestors were mm-hmm. slaves, and here he is, you know, running for House, then running for Senate, mm-hmm. and um, and he's the first African American from South Carolina to serve both chambers, mm-hmm. and now running for President of the United States. It's the all-American story. It's a crazy story. It's a great story. Ainsley Earhart is on the line. The new documentary is called Who is Tim Scott? I'll tell you who else Tim Scott is. Do you know he takes his 96-year-old mom to the movies on Saturdays? Like, he deserves a badge of courage for that. I couldn't do that with my mom. My mom's like 73, but she talked through the whole movie. My mom heckles a movie. Like, you know when you go, you know when you go watch like a horror movie and there's the people that are like, don't go in there, you know? My, my mom yells at the screen. If I don't, I don't know how Tim Scott's mom's movie etiquette is. I have to ask him this. Uh, he is, I imagine she, she's so, she's so nice and quiet. I imagine she is a good date to go to the movies <laughs> with, but she, um, he bought her a house, Jimmy, and oh, wow. um, we toured the house. It was really pretty. She's very proud of it. He's proud of it. And he bought her a car, a very nice car. And um, he, we walked in her living room and her Bible's out and Tim's reciting all these Bible verses that he knows, knows by heart. Um, he's just he has a stellar reputation, and I think he's a really just because he's such a nice guy. It's so refreshing. Is yeah. he tough enough? Some people have questioned that. Is mm-hmm. he is he able to? I think he is. I think that um, it would be a nice. Just it's always nice when you have mm-hmm. a, a strong Christian that yeah. um, you know has has a high office. We saw that with Mike Pence, mm-hmm. and um, but I mean he's he Nikki Haley placed him in his position when he became a senator. He was in the House. And she was our governor in South Carolina. I'm originally from South Carolina. Yep, of course. And um, she appointed him to the Senate, and then he ran several times after that, and he did win, and he's, he's liked there. But what's interesting is now they're running against each other. But then she had to go to Trump to get mm-hmm. his blessing or wanted to get his blessing when she ran for president because he appointed her as ambassador. So all three of them are you know running against each other, whether or not Nikki Haley or Tim Scott might be chosen as a vice president. You know, that's yet to be determined, obviously, because if you look at mm-hmm. some of the straw polls, if you look at the straw polls coming out of Iowa mm-hmm. right now, um, Trump's winning by more than 40 points. I think it's 42 points. He's yep. ahead. He's, he got like 62 percent. Right. And then um, DeSantis got 40 percent. And then everyone else who's running in the GOP field got 5 percent or lower. Wow. So, so um, it's going to be yeah, a, I mean, it's going to get interesting. I mean, we it got, really is. We, we got a ways to go. That's the one thing is like mm-hmm. when these debates start in August. I believe there'll be 71 candidates on stage. It's going to be pretty I wild. I believe it. I believe it. And they're all really qualified. <laughs> they do have a good I mean, bench. Even if they don't have experience. Like yes. Vivek Ramaswamy, mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. brilliant. Yeah, you know, he's, he's a he's, sharp he's, guy. Investor and former. Um, Believe uh, me, I'm still. He was on our show. Ains- Ainsley, uh-huh. he was he was on our show. We had a great interview, but I'm still googling half the words he used on me. He could have I'm been. Sure. He was so He's smart. So he bright. he was so much smarter than me, Ainsley. He could have been making up the words. <laughs> he could, and I was just playing along like a dope. I'm like, right. I, I guess I'll look this up. I don't know. <laughs> right. What did he just say? Yeah, I remember I had to interview him for his book, and I was 
reading his book, and even just in the flat, it tells you know his experience. And mm-hmm. yeah. I'm, oh my gosh, yeah. what a resume! Yeah, I'm like, I'm not playing Scrabble with this guy though. He's just, uh, no, 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 no. I can't like, check why? any of those words. You know, God, you gave me a lot of gifts, but why did you give me that gift? <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me ask you this about the documentary because I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Does Tim Scott, I'm just asking this as a sports fan, just as a guy, mm-hmm. Tim Scott mm-hmm. on the show, on our radio show, he's been on a lot, mm-hmm. okay, over the years. Okay. And he's a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. And he owns that on the radio, okay? And I know right. Trey Gowdy's in the documentary, and him and Tim Scott are best buddies, and he likes the Cowboys too. Uh-huh. But does Tim Scott, did they want that, like, on the cutting room floor? Do they consider him being a Cowboys fan a liability? <laughs> well, I think they... I, th- I think that it's okay because it's a southern state, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, and I know a lot of people that love the Cowboys. It's well, a yeah. great team to pull for. America's and team. And he played football. Yes. yes. He played football. It's a good running back, Tim Scott. No, exactly. I know. See, I'm trying to identify his weak areas for him because we always discuss oh, this. Like, I, I keep trying to I tell see. him he needs, like, a manageable scandal or a tattoo. Mm-hmm. We've got to put a little because <laughs> he's such a good dude. That's the thing. I know. I know. I know. So maybe it's the Cowboys or, you know, he likes Rocky movies. He says Rocky Three is the best Rocky movie. Uh, I love Rocky movies too. He's yeah, Rocky Three. Wait, was that the one that everyone loved? Is that the one yeah. where he's doing the monologue in the street to his son? Yeah. Oh no, that's the next one. So Rocky. No, love, it's a it's a few down. Okay. I know the one you're talking about. That's Rocky Balboa. Yeah. Rocky Three okay. is like he fights Hulk Hogan. He fights Mr. T. It's very oh, 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Tim yeah, Scott. Yeah, yeah. But Tim Scott. Tim Scott was working in a movie theater the summer it came out. And, you know, That's it right. being like you one of his first. Yeah, it was all excited. Mm-hmm. You watch it all for free and you get the popcorn. So as far mm-hmm. as opposition research goes, that's all we have on the guy is he likes Rocky three and he's a Cowboys <laughs> fan. You know, I've hung out with him a lot. I'm trying to make some money. Like, I'll sell the oppo research. I just don't have any. I'm counting on wouldn't you here, nice? Ainsley. Wouldn't it be nice, though, if there weren't any oppo research on him? Imagine. The only thing they'll go after him for right now is maybe his, his record if they didn't like the way he voted on something. Yep. That's really all they could they have on him, and I don't even know if they have that. No, um, because everywhere we went, when we were with him in Charleston, I mean, mm-hmm. Jimmy, he couldn't walk. He, he just would take a few steps, and someone was stopping him, shaking his hand, saying, thank you so much. Thanks for the opportunity uh, zones that you set up, or thanks uh-huh. for this, or thanks for helping my mom. That that would be so hard, being a politician. You don't have any peace. You just yeah. have to, you know, if you're going to yeah. go out, and that's what they want. That's what they do. They're there to represent the community. But if you, everywhere you go with him, he's recognized, noticed, someone's talking to him. Yeah, it's, it's like. He ha- has to be on. It's like hanging out with somebody from Fox and Friends. <laughs> I'm kidding. With Brian kill me. You stop it. Brian, when they when they meet you guys, this is the difference. Okay, I, I explain this to people all the time because only in the last year of my life, I I legitimately get stopped everywhere I go. In Home Depot, I met the whole Home Depot over the weekend. But my yeah. superpower is that I'm such a regular guy that they feel like they already know me. So like when if you were in a Home Depot, Ainsley, like people would weep, they would faint, they'd have you sign their That's children, it would be a big deal. Yes, it, yes, it is. Okay, if I was in Home Depot, <laughs> they're literally like, "Hey, do me a favor, can you grab the other end of this bench?" And now I'm just like working for them. I'm like working on their project. That's the person you want to be. Yes, that is who you want to be. Where do you get stopped the most? What uh, state? Uh, oh, well, what I'm am- what I'm amazed at is is how much more prevalent it is in New York now. 
now. Like at the Yankee game, I was really? at the Yankee game with my son. I probably uh-huh. took like 30 pictures. It was pretty cool to Seriously? be at a Yankee game. Yeah, because usually the only That's time awesome. I get recognized at the Yankee game is when they're telling the beer guy not to serve me. They're like, hey, you see that guy yeah. over there? No more for him, you know? But uh, no, right, this was different. Right. But yeah, in the obviously in the South, Fox is huge. And when you go out mm-hmm. to the West Coast, like I was just in Boise, and they were just the mm-hmm. greatest people ever. But I'll tell you a funny story that happened to me. I was halfway between Bend, Oregon, and Boise, and I went into a gas station that was showing a re- the Saturday night replay of Gutfeld, and it was mm-hmm. on the show that I had hosted the night before. So she was oh, watching cool. me on TV yeah. when I walked in and was, like, so blown away. But so was I. I was like, hey, this is awkward for me, too, lady. Right, like, I don't know what right. to do here. But we became best friends. And I feel bad about the shoplifting now. But uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Come on. Is it, isn't it strange, though? I'm yes. like, God, you were so good. I wanted mm-hmm. this so badly when I was a child to be in New York and to be in, on television in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. And he allowed that to happen. And when you see yourself, I still – I still pinch myself when I walk into Fox and think, I can't believe this is, I mean, we all have our crazy stories. You were a cab driver. Yep. Um, Nuts. And I love watching you perform because I'll watch you. Like Mm. I asked you one day, how do you, how do you put, how do you, I I, I can't, you can explain it obviously a lot better than I can. When you're trying to come up with your jokes, Mm -hmm. how do you, how do you form a joke based on, you know, the the small narrative that you know about someone. Well, a lot of it has to do with just being in the moment and like really uh-huh. listening to what somebody said. Like, did they give mm-hmm. you an opening for something to make fun of? Did they mm-hmm. give you a fact that, you know, you happen to know jokes about? It's really more about being a listener than a talker, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, obviously, just the drugs. Uh, I kid. I'm stop it, Ainsley. You stop it right now. This is this is, is your wife funny. Yeah, Jenny Phil is actually hilarious. She grew up on a she grew up on a farm, and her family is funny. Like her brothers are funny. Her dad is funny. And uh-huh. um, they do. They have a good sense of humor. But they did that country thing, Ainsley. When I went to meet my my wife, uh, her family for the first time, the dad totally pulled out the shotgun. He did yes. that. Yeah, he did. My he... dad's done that. <laughs> yeah, he, he was always conveniently cleaning his guns when the guys would come over to pick me up for a date or whatever. Not even, I mean, these were like high school friends, yeah. you know? <laughs> well, 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 now I'm, you know, now I'm married 16 years. He actually puts it away because he doesn't want me to shoot myself. He's like, right, I know what you're going right. through. I kid. Right. I kid. <laughs> Ainsley, we're excited for this documentary. Everybody gets to hang Thank out with you. you and Tim Scott. It's like, it's a well, cool. It's funny. It, yeah, really quickly, I know uh-huh. you've got to go, but go ahead. Brian Kilmeade normally does these. He does oh, the who yeah. is, mm-hmm. you know, Ron DeSantis, who yeah. is Donald Trump. And so they asked me to do who is Tim Scott. So I, I joked with Brian. I said, are you jealous? I get it. Who oh. is someone? So, yeah, next time you see Brian, you'll have to say, look, they, you obviously were not doing a good job. They gave the last <laughs> one. <laughs> I love that you're starting turf wars. Are you putting out a cookbook like Ducey next? I love this. No, are you, no one would buy it. <laughs> I am the worst cook. Are you, are you, I, I, oh, I burn the bread. I mean, I'm not a good cook at all. I try, but I'm just not great. Yeah, and Like when you cook, the people pray after they eat? I'm sure. I'm <laughs> oh, sure during it, before, during, and after. Yeah. Yeah. I, right. I can do sweet. I can bake. Okay. But I, are you a good cook? I, I, like, I can get, I can make like four or five legit things. 
Okay. That's okay. all you need. You need like a resume. It's short. It doesn't, I, you don't need to make like a thousand things. Like someone who's truly that's gifted true. at cooking can make anything and they're my good mom. at adapting mm-hmm. resume. Of course. And that's what I come from. My mom's a great cook. My wife's a great cook. Um, mm-hmm. But to my credit, I make three or four things that make people believe I'm like a Michelin chef because nice. I've just cooked them enough and know how to cook them well. Like what? Uh, all right. It's a couple things. Okay. Now that we're going to get into okay. this. On a very basic level, I make a tater tot quiche that my whole audience knows about, where you take tater tots and you make them the crust of a quiche, which is pretty easy. Bag of tater tots Mm -hmm. in a cast iron pan, throw some eggs, bacon, and cheese on top of that and crisp it to the moon. You got a tater tot quiche. People think you're like a next level chef. It's like three ingredients, Ainsley. Uh, I can make a steak. Sounds good. Yeah, no, there are some things I can make. Okay, but the point Mm -hmm. is we'll put out our spinoff cookbook when we're ready. I don't think we should totally. divulge all the ingredients. Now we got to move some product here, girlfriend. So let's. Well, stay, I let's can stay. do. I can do a mean chicken divan. I have my mom's recipe. It takes a little while, but it's fairly easy. It's just you know steaming the broccoli, mm-hmm. throwing in a few cans of cream of whatever oh, soups yeah. and um, chicken, and cooking the chicken, and then pulling the chicken. But it's really good. And then you take the chicken stock and you cook your rice in it, so oh, it wow. tastes like. Love uh, it's it. delicious. My mom's recipe. We're looking forward to your next Fox Nation series. Who is Emeril Lagasse? Now that you're exploring uh, chefs. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be great. Uh, you're the well, coolest. Thank you so much, yep. Jimmy. Thanks for promoting it. It's on Fox Nation if anyone wants to watch it. We got this. I'll see you in the studio. Okay. Take care, Ainsley. You're the Good best. Deal. Thank you. You too. Bye bye. There she goes. The legendary Ainsley Earhart. The series, if you watch Who is Tim Scott? Okay, and Kilmeade moderated the other ones, the Trump ones, the DeSantis ones. They're great. They're all fantastic. But uh, the Tim Scott is the reason it's particularly worth a watch, and they're all really well done, is because if you understand what his story would mean to this country, you find yourself rooting for the guy. You know, I tell you every day I get on the air, I don't care who wins, who loses. I'm not going to tell you how to vote. But I can tell you as someone who processes politics through the lens of sports, like if America is a team – Tim Scott is a good guy to make the face of the franchise. It's good. It's advertiser-friendly. The fans like him. But more importantly, it corrects the record on what they've been selling us for the last decade in this country, that we're oppressive and nobody has a chance to get ahead. Tim Scott is the living proof. This is a guy who started this run in the Deep South when it was still the Deep South and has become the first African-American elected to both houses of Congress. Tim Scott is proof that we're not a racist society, but that's the problem is the Democrats keep giving America the bill in 2023 for what it was doing in 1823. But Tim Scott exposes that for the fraud that it is. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Tackling issues of the day in an easy way. He's all man. He's a big, strong looking guy. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's the morning show that uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America, and you are dang right. We're going to be talking in the next hour because Kevin McCarthy, the House Speaker, is going to come out to the press and try to sell everybody on the debt deal, and this is all the good stuff we're doing, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Listen, I don't love it. But the way politics work, you compromise. You get a little bit of what they want, a little bit of what you want. You meet in the middle. That is supposed to, you know, traditionally be how Washington works. But when one side is calling you an 
economic terrorist. <laughs> That's the term. This is terrorism. You are so full of sh. Are they ever? Uh, we're going to have to get into it because there is a line being drawn in the sand over fossil fuels and how we should stop drilling for them and blah, blah, blah. The people on the environmental wing of this country, I got to tell you, man. They're crazy. They really are. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Back in action. Big hour coming up on Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. We're also going to be talking to my buddy, Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power the Future, who is going to weigh in on this debt deal, specifically the Democratic stance on fossil fuels. Turner is not happy. Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. That's what he's saying. Uh, We'll try to keep the violence at bay in this hour with a little help from your fine self. 888-788-9910 if you'd like to weigh in. And plenty of people certainly are in this hour. We've got a lot of of clips to get to. It was a holiday weekend. We were off. A lot of people spoke over the weekend. Not only did Joe Biden speak, but the President of the United States, Jill Biden, she also spoke over the weekend. Let me play you this clip right out of the gate because I just found it funny. And it segues very nicely into the direction we need to go in. So here is Jill Biden. She was giving a speech talking about common values and blah, blah, blah. And she had a Jeb Bush moment. Do you remember the famous Jeb Bush? Please clap. Uh, She had one of those. Clip 23. I've visited red states and blue states. And I found that the common values that unite us are deeper than our divisions. And um, I thought you might clap for that. (laughs) That was embarrassing. (laughs) And you know why that's significant? And it's the reason I wanted to highlight it really quickly. The reason they didn't clap for it is they've been clapping for that line from politicians for the better part of 50 years. What unites us is greater than what divides us, that whole thing. Okay, but they've been getting a laugh or a clap or a round off of that for 50 years. But if they ever delivered on it... The answer would be no. No, the Democratic Party. You know, and, you know, establishment politicians as as a whole, they're not in the you and me business. They're in the them business, okay? And I say this all the time, the whole point of my show, in trying to, like, lower the temperature, I always say, like, the world's on fire. We're just over here roasting some radio marshmallows as I'm trying. Oh, man, I'm just trying to create that little port in the storm for people to get back to the mindset where the politicians work for us. Because the truth is everyone's spending us senseless in Washington is only doing so because we hired them. I think he's got a point. We hired a lot of bad employees, a lot of go-along-to-get-along politicians, people that are out there selling a debt deal on both sides of the aisle. What do both of their sales pitches have in common? They're prioritizing different things. The Democrats are talking about IRS and, you know, the climate and helping people out and more entitlements. And the Republicans are talking about a minimal control on spending and, you know, Things that will claw back some of the COVID cash for the next couple of years, maybe let the student loan payments resume, fine. But despite the priorities they happen to be highlighting being different, the end result is the same. You and me are getting screwed. Bingo. Okay, Dan Bishop, to his credit, okay, and you guys know the political powerhouse 
That is Dan Bishop uh, from the great state of North Carolina, the 8th Congressional District, I believe. Uh, He was not having it with Kevin McCarthy. Here is some Republican on Republican crime. Take it away. Who do you think would would have done a better job negotiating this than Speaker McCarthy? Who do you think should be in the Speaker's chair? Um, Well, there are 434 other members of Congress. Nobody could have done a worse job. Well, so who do you think? Nobody could have done a worse job, even the Democrats? Oh, excuse me. I shouldn't have said it that way. There are 222 members of the Republican conference. Nobody in the Republican conference could have done a worse job. Whoa. Oh, oh, that's so what he's saying to Kevin McCarthy is you suck. You jackass. A lot of hardline Republicans feel that way. Chip Roy said this earlier. I'll play a Chip Roy. You guys don't scare me. I'll play Chip Roy. I'll turn this bus around right now. You kids don't behave. Here's a little. It's a little Chip Roy right now. Chip Roy talked about the fact that we are barreling towards infinite debt, clip 18. Barreling towards unlimited debt in this country. That's, we're, we're just barreling towards an infinite amount of debt. And we've got to stop that. The American people didn't send me here to just do what the defense establishment, the spending uh, appropriators all want to do in this town, which is spend money we don't have. And respectfully, all this does is bends a curve off of a pre-COVID uh, or a, a post-COVID curve, right? Instead of pre-COVID levels, we are now going up the post-COVID curve and we're flattening it out, basically freezing spending for two years for a $4 trillion debt increase. I, my constituents at home do not want that. So I'm going to be making that loud and clear to my Republican colleagues that this is not a deal that we should be taking. Good for him. In my opinion, that sucked. That's what he's saying. It's not a deal we should be taking. Uh, they're ultimately going to work something out. But that whole please clap thing, Jill Biden, I thought you might clap for that. That's the debt deal. Okay, they told us, well, we're teetering towards the edge. We're going to default on our payments June the 1st. The end is near. We're all going to. This is politics as usual. That's what they do. And why? Because they use the looming threat of a deadline, the looming threat of default. It's like the government shutdown. Oh, the government's going to shut down. We better pass another bill. We better pass another spending bill or the government's going to shut down. We're going to default. That's how they get over on the public. It's a horror film. You know, remember the thriller video? Darkness falls across the land. That whole thing. That's what they do. Come June 1st. Darkness will fall across the land. The midnight hour will be close at hand. You know, just like the thriller video. You're like, oh, (laughs) we better pass a 5,000-page bill that nobody reads. That's what we better do. And that's how they get away with this. So this is the uniparty work. This is what you have to understand. The people that have principle, the people who truly care about the debt, okay, they recognize this bill for what it is which is a bad bill. That is correct. Okay, but the people that are part of the uniparty, the people that are part of the establishment, are passing the bill. They're having their Jill Biden. I thought you might clap for that. Because they thought you were more worked up about the threat of this impending default. Just the way they always think you're more worked up about the threat of a government shutdown. Oh, we're going to shut down. No, it's bad. The post office won't be open. You'll have to wait a day. You can't go to the park. Come on, man. You don't want that to happen. So let's ram through a 5,000-page bill nobody read, nobody read and spend our way to oblivion. That's what we'll do. 
And that's what they do. They get on TV every day. Oh, we're going to default. We're going to shut down. It's the other side. We can't negotiate. It's all so bad. And then they get us to the brink of that default or they get us to the brink of that shutdown. And the fact that they made any deal at all and we didn't wind up shutting down is supposed to be the victory. That's the grift. That's the horror film they're selling us on the Republican side and the Democrat side. But here's a newsflash. Both parties are executive producers of the scam. (laughs) And they all have their ways of going about doing it. Okay, but what I find fascinating is like some of the hardliners in the Republican Party, like Chip Roy's like, hey, we got to stop spending money. We're going to add four trillion dollars into our debt. We're devaluing our currency. We're causing inflation. This is insolvent. This is not a sustainable way to run a government. This is why it's a bad bill. On the Democratic side of the aisle, they got people calling it a bad bill uh, based on a host of priorities that are just stupid. Like Jamal Bowman's a congressman from New York. He's an actual stupid person. I don't mean that because of his race or his gender or anything in between. Stupid people come in all shapes and sizes. If you don't believe me, you've never watched The View. The View is awful. But Jamal Bowman is a stupid person, and he gets by on theatrics. Everyone's a terrorist. The world's going to end. We can't go, blah, blah, blah. Just straight circus clown stuff. (laughs) Well, here he is on CNN. Okay, on CNN, of course, on CNN. CNN is the worst. A lot of people feel that way. Talking about how we need to stop drilling for fossil fuels completely. And do you know what happens? And I don't mean to film the horror film like the politicians in Washington, but this is reality. We can't live without fossil fuels. In fact, you know that electric car they want you to drive? Do you want to know what powers that electric car? fossil fuels. He knows what he's talking about. There's no world where we can do this without fossil fuels, okay? Just about 98.9% of everything you interact with on a daily basis has its origin in fossil fuels. So this idea that we should just stop because the environment, we're saving the earth, blah, blah, blah. You are so dumb. You are really dumb, for real. And why do we say that? Because it is not physically doable. Like, people would actually die. People would starve. People would freeze. We can't heat without fossil fuels, okay? We can't transport the food we grow without fossil fuels, okay? We can't grow and cultivate a lot of the food without fossil fuels. You can't, any of the meat alternatives can't do it without fossil fuels. Any of the electric vehicles can't do it without fossil fuels. The windmill, the solar power, you can't do it without fossil fuels, nor can you do it without China because they own most of the infrastructure on all of this crap. But here is Jamal Bowman telling CNN we need to stop drilling for fossil fuels. Clip 22. We need to stop drilling for fossil fuels completely. But number two, we need an expedited way to get us to clean, renewable energy, or we will continue to have these severe weather events that we have been having for quite some time because of the warming of the planet. Oh, man. You are so full of shit. <laughs> the extreme, the extreme weather events we're having because of the planet. Uh, we have any proof? We have any stats you can show us that say we're getting extreme weather because of what we're doing right? <clears throat> you know the old saying: when you got the facts, pound the facts. When you got nothing, pound the table. Okay, they are pounding 
the table on climate change. Put up or shut up. Because the only fact we have is that everybody selling you climate change is getting filthy rich, girlfriend. Money, 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 money. That's how it works every damn time. You gotta get me that money. Yo, the world's gonna end. We're gonna freeze. Please give us money. That's how it works. When 10 years go by, nobody freezes. They're like, we're melting. We're all gonna melt. We got to. Please give us money. That's how it works. Then we don't melt. They're like, well, it's changing. The weather changes. One day it's hot, one day it's cold. Who ever heard of this? Please give us money. And on the Democratic side of the aisle, people are like, oh, no, that's a good point. Oh, the weather it, it does change. We should probably donate something. Hubba, hubba. I mean, that's the problem is they're stupid. Pay up, suckers. I think is the point we were trying to make. But what's happening is when it comes to this debt deal that they're now trying to sell as some type of a success for the American people. No, you don't. There's a good thing here. Come on. Don't bullshit me. Okay, we would rather see the reckoning. This is a problem. You're living in America where 70% of the people are living paycheck to paycheck. Okay, they got into this position with the government paying its bills. They got into this position with the government not shutting down whenever these looming debt ceilings come, or shutdowns. And, okay, we're already screwed, okay, at this point. So I'm not telling you we should default on our debts. I honor the debts. I'm not a Democrat who thinks you should get free college. Even though you took out a loan, you should be allowed to pass the bill on to other people. I think that's a scam. But I think what they're learning in Washington today is we really weren't that scared about the default, just the same as we're not that scared about the shutdown, because we now know the truth. This is a game that allows them to pretend they care about spending and default and integrity and loans. But that's all it is, is a game. They want you to get so worked up and scared over the prospect that they won't make a deal that when they finally make one, you should be happy just because. But the truth is we've been playing this game for a long time, and what they're waking up to this morning is the reality that nobody buys it anymore. It's the number one children's show in the country. He's a lot better at radio than he is being a dad. Oh, snap. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's America's Life Coach, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. Trying to hold this country together. I'm going to bring in some backup from the phones. Randy batting leadoff in Duluth, Minnesota. Yo, Randy. Hey, hey, Jimmy. How's it going today? My man, not as well as your twins. The twins have been riding high for a little while, Randy. They they just rode. I I mean, it's typical baseball with the twins. What can I say, Jimmy? (laughs) Well, they had a road. One day we're on, the next day we're off. Well, at um, least you're on once in a while. These people in D.C. are never on. They're just off. We're in a rebuilding yeah, mode yeah. in Washington. Rebuild my butt. Jimmy, <laughs> I, you know, I as a human have failed many times. Mm-hmm. I think this bill is a failure, and mm-hmm. we shouldn't pass it. We should just let it go and then start anew. That would shake everybody up. 
you know? Well, yeah, the, well, that's the, that's the playbook, is they want the shakeup to be the fact that, oh, what if we default? But they use that as a justification to pass stuff on the last day in the middle of the night. Nobody reads the bill. It's all garbage. There will be right, so it? much pork in this bill by the time all is said and done. And that's why I think it's a scam. And and I, the reason they do this is because they get away with doing it. That's the point, you know. And and, and you know, JB, man, you and I, we love pork. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. <laughs> do we ever? Oh, we could talk about but, it. Go ahead. Yeah, but you're right, my friend. Uh, but still, I still think it's time for us to just fail mm-hmm. and reset everything. I think it would be good for the country. And, you know, and, and and good for the Congress. So yeah, they, I'm going to stick to my guns. Uh-huh. I think we should let them fail. Uh, listen, it, it still might happen because there's enough hardline Republicans that don't want to go along with this. So, Amen to that. Yeah, we'll yes. see. I'll, I'll, we'll see. My, my man Byron Donald said he's, he went from a no to an absolutely no. And uh, he carries a lot of weight. So you might you might be right, Randy. We'll see if if you see Congress at a Twins game, it's because they gave up on the bill. They're just coming to hang out with you. So make some make some room at the ballpark. We'll see you soon, brother. Go Twins! Thanks, my, Jimmy. My man, there goes the great Randy in Duluth. Uh, joining us now, a man who is not a Twins fan. He is um, a public facing Braves fan. Perk is on the line in Maryland. Yo, Perk. Jimmy. These people need to know that how committed you are, that you actually wore a Braves jersey to my stand-up show in Reading. And loving it. Loving it, baby. Oh, the whole time. We had a good hang. So anyway, you know I'm down here in Maryland, mm-hmm. on the Eastern Shore. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was out having a nice weekend mm-hmm. and saw Jim Biden lives down here and saw him at a seafood restaurant. Mm-hmm. And he still ordered Chinese. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'll be here all day. Good night, everybody. But, Perk. Good night. Good night. Shaking down. Did he pay in Ukrainian cash? How did that work? <laughs> right. Have to find a currency um, exchange. But, mm-hmm. but, yeah, that's what I need. No, I think the uh, the uh, paycheck to paycheck is even worse than that. I think his paycheck gets you to Wednesday, and then you got to loan the rest of the way. Wow. I mean, it's crazy to think that's the case, but it is for a lot of people. And when you see the government is like the opposite. The government is a, they're a bunch of ballers, but they're not spending their own money, you know? So it's a, it's a fraud. The government's like Instagram. You know, people are a lot better looking on Instagram than they are in real life. That's the government. They're putting a lot of filters on their financial situation, but you're not supposed to fake it till you make it as the government of the United States. But that's what we're doing. And I see through it, Perk, and I'm glad you do, too. All the Valencia filters in the world ain't going to clean up the mess that we got ourselves in financially. We'll discuss it with Daniel Turner when we come back on Fox Across America. reality with a bit of insanity it's fox across america with jimmy Fallon. oh girl i told you man the whole country's a mess right now you look around at this debt bill it's coming in from every side i'm as mad as hell and i'm not gonna take this anymore that's everybody the climate folks are mad on the left i mean they're nuts you know, the right, though, the fiscal conservatives, the chip, not happy. McCarthy just took a shot at, at Trump, it sounds like. Can we play this real quick? I understand people get upset about walking through a debt ceiling, but this is a House, a Senate, and a presidency. 
I think when you read the Wall Street Journal, you read the New York Post, you sit back and listen to a lot of economists, they'll say, this is the strongest debt ceiling we ever had. And if I compare it to when Republicans were in the majority, when they had the House, the Senate, and the presidency, they didn't cut anything. They just added more money. Whoa. This guy will say anything. I didn't think Trump was going to be happy about it. It sounded like a dig at the Trump man. I don't know what's going It's a food fight. Joining us now, he has put on his poncho. They're going real house, straight real housewives in Washington. Daniel Turner, executive director of Power of the Future, tries to clean up the mess right here on Political Bravo. Hey, girl. <laughs> Jimmy, always a pleasure to be on your show, my yeah. friend. What a circular firing squad, though. I got a little McCarthy after. Tra- Everybody's mad at everybody for something. Uh, but but the one I wanted to highlight, uh, Daniel Turner, was Jamal Bowman saying we need to stop. I played the clip before he came on. We need to stop yeah. drilling fossil fuels immediately. Like, I don't want to fear monger, but people would actually die without fossil fuels if they went away tomorrow. No. Uh, it's it's one of the frustrating thing of working in this space is you realize how dumb most of the people are, uh, and, and it requires a certain talent to get elected. There's no doubt, and I will give them credit mm-hmm. for for getting people to pull the lever or getting people to stuff the ballot box enough to get them into Congress. Um, but it is incredible how how dumb these folks are. And one of the things I'd like to say to the congressman, besides the fact that his lucite uh, eyeglass frames are made from oil. When he says we need to stop drilling for oil right now, no more fossil fuels. Well, all of the wind and solar that you want are all made from fossil fuels. So it it is kind of like saying, you know what, we eat way too much bread. We need to get rid of wheat production and we're just going to eat bagels instead. And you say, well, well, you're not really like changing anything. You're just using wheat in a different way. And that's the same with the renewables. They don't use less fossil fuels. They use as many fossil fuels as ever before. They just use it differently. And if that makes you feel good about yourself and declare yourself green, it shows how dumb you are because you're not really doing anything. Yep. Great point. We're talking to Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power of the Future. Just, you know, the old adage about shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic. But, mm-hmm. in, but in this instance, they are blaming the iceberg on climate change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, it's, and it's the perpetual fear mongering. And that's why I think there's so much anger over this debt ceiling, because everything is going to die. But you've never heard a, a politician say, well, look, really, this isn't what I want to happen. But if it does... We'll, mm. we'll make best of it. The yeah. response is, if this happens, children will literally starve <laughs> to death. That's like, well, can we just calm down a little bit, right? So for the Congressman Bowman to be out there and say, like, we're all going to die of climate change. AOC told us this going on six years ago now. We're yeah. all going to die of climate change any day now, Jimmy, any yeah. day. We've died. Maybe like, tomorrow. Well, I actually think AOC was right, and this is the afterlife. And I think I, I think we already oh, died. I mean, because she was. I didn't. On. I didn't make it, did I? If this is the afterlife, then... <laughs> you didn't get in. You didn't bribe the right bouncer. No, my friend, you were not in heaven. You were not. Uh, it's it's also funny because you mentioned rhetoric and how, you know, we always hear you got to tone down the rhetoric, but they're calling the Republicans economic terrorists. They're yeah. like they're terrorists. I don't know. I I just I don't know. I feel like I feel like terrorism. Uh, you know, might be a misappropriation of resources here, but they don't care because I think what's happened now is it's just an appeal to emotion. I just think every, that's what we're watching now. We're just watching theater kids and whoever gets the scream the loudest gets to win. And that's, yeah. that's essentially what it's become. It is. And, and, and quite frankly, it's, it's just getting tiring to have this level of 
of our speakers go to 11. We're constantly at 11 Mm -hmm. and no one can, no one can dial it down to just have an honest conversation. And again, how do I find middle ground? Because that's what people will say to us, right? Like, how can you find middle ground with the climate movement? Because you all care about the earth. How do I find middle ground with a man who is so dumb? Again, his lucite glasses are made from oil. A man who is so dumb who will say, we need to stop drilling for oil right now. You clearly don't understand the way the world works. And I'm not just talking about electricity production that you think can be offset with wind and solar. I'm talking about things like rubber and plastic and laundry detergent and and the millions of products that you just take for granted. And I have a real problem with a class of people who, who live incredible largesse. Remember, our our poor people in this country, their biggest problem is obesity yeah. and heart disease and type 2 diabetes, right? So our poor people have largesse. I am tired of, of politicians who have incredible largesse and then denigrate the, the, the literally the men and women who enable their comfortable lifestyle. Do you think Congressman Bowman ever has his air conditioner, you know, just turned down a little bit, guys, because, you know, yeah. climate change? Do you think he ever foregoes a vacation? Because you know what? I should. Has Joe Biden ever once said, I'm going to stay in D.C. this weekend because of my carbon footprint? Hell no. He needs to go back to Delaware so they can hook him up to the Frankenstein machine and keep him alive for another week. So it's just absurd. That's so funny. We're talking to Daniel Turner. Uh, I got to laugh about this because when you make that point of, you know, these guys. You know, never, never actually doing any of the thing. Like, bug guy doesn't eat bugs. Climate guy doesn't fly private. None of that stuff goes on. Like, that's the scam. Is it's very much COVID in a nutshell. This is the way I try to explain the climate thing. It's like, remember COVID? Everybody got locked in the house. And then you saw a video from your congressman telling you to stay in the house. And he was at the airport. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you can't go anywhere. It's, it's you yeah. know, that's what they meant. When they said we're all in this together, they yeah. meant the Delta Sky Lounge. They were all in it yeah, waiting to fly. <laughs> and that is why, you know, they are not when they push socialism and people say like, they're a bunch of commies. Their philosophy is rooted in communism, no doubt, but they're not communists. They're communist party leaders, because at the height of the, 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 the Soviet Union's decline, right, at the height of the decline is a bit of an oxymoron. But when they were at its worst shape, which is when Reagan took over, Mm -hmm. the party leaders never wanted for vodka or caviar, right? They had genes. They had uh, 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 stereo systems. They had had all of the luxuries that they were depriving their people of. And that's what these folks are, right? They want you to eat bugs. They want you to not take vacation. They want you to reduce your carbon footprint. Heck, they, they talk about how you should not have kids. Yeah. And Ted Turner's got like seven. Alec Baldwin, he has a kid. Every time I turn around, they have another surrogate having a baby. Uh-huh. You know, so if you're Alec Baldwin, you can not only kill people, but you can also have as many children as you want. But you can tell others to deprive themselves of the pleasure of being a father or of murdering someone on a Hollywood set. They don't get that pleasure. Only Alec Baldwin does. <laughs> It's uh, what a dumb time to be alive. You know, time was Turner. So dumb. It, it really is. Everyone's stupid. Let me ask you this. OK, we never we never we don't talk about this a lot on the show because we're predominantly talking about your energy background. But do you feel on some level as a gay man that they're hijacking pride? Do you feel like pride is being hijacked to have a different meaning? Jimmy, I was so tempted to text you and say, hey, I know I just was on your show today, but can I come back on Thursday on day one of Pride? Sure, why would Talk about how much I hate this month and how (laughs) the best thing you can do for your L and G friends, because I don't add, there's no such thing as bisexual, 
and and I don't believe in the trans movement. So if you're gay or lesbian, I'll talk to you folks. <laughs> the best thing you can do for your gay and lesbian friends is leave them the hell alone. <laughs> you just, if you say you want to be treated the same as everybody, you know what? My Irish side only gets a day, and not even a day. We get a couple hours because we wake up drunk and we pass out by nine. So the Irish <laughs> part of me has like nine good hours in New York City. Why does the gay part of me get a whole month where everyone changes their icon and their avatar, and they tell me that I'm not a hero. Oh. I'm no one. I'm not a champion. I'm not a. I'm not a. Oh, just, oh, God, I hate this month so, so damn much. Pride Month is becoming Hyde Month for you? Oh. <laughs> you just want to go away? It, you cannot be a victim and have an entire month dedicated to celebrating yourself. You cannot be a victim and have the world's largest corporations change their logos to honor you. I, right? That, that's not victimhood. I've been, so. I've been trying to make this point. If the NHL is wearing pride jerseys, the NHL, okay, if professional yes. hockey is now wearing pride jerseys, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, like you're so far past the point of acceptance that it's almost like it's, it's, you know, when we get back to transgenderism, in a lot of ways it's like a manufactured civil rights movement. And what's happening yeah. to Target is t Target is not in trouble because they celebrated pride. They're catching heat because they celebrated two-year-old kids wearing transgender swimsuits, which people don't support. And that's no. not anti-pride. It's just they've kind of changed the definition of pride. And that's what I think the issue is. And, and, and shame on gay people worldwide, nationwide, um, who, who don't condemn that and who don't say that. That has nothing to do – like, look, I am clearly married to a guy. I'm very obviously gay. Mm -hmm. But to think that I want to do something to a, a child is yeah. so reprehensible. And, and the fact that, that gay people have allowed that movement to be co-opted as part – well, this is what it means to be gay now. It means that five-year-olds have to tuck when they wear a bathing suit because we may not know – what they are and and it's just it's so vile it's so reprehensible you know my husband said to me the other day something he probably wouldn't like the fact i'm mentioning this because he's a lot like i am we don't really like other gay people period <laughs> but he did say to me he was like you know what it was easier to be gay 20 years ago than it is now it's he's true like, 20 years ago no one cared he's like and and that's when will and grace was debuting yeah. right that's mm -hmm. when he was like and now sometimes it's actually it's, it's actually almost embarrassing yeah. And, um, and 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 that's that says something. It, it it says something about where we are as a culture. Uh, it's just because, it's vile because everything now is a branding exercise, and branding is essentially become it's like activist branding. If you're not an ally, if you're not in the struggle, and again, the the point I always make, and this is where I think it's so stupid, is like people don't have perspective in this country. It's like, again, when you were saying earlier, if you had a pride month, you can't be oppressed. If, the, if every major corporation is dedicating a month to celebrating you, you're doing okay. Like, could they actually have a pride month in Iran and how many days into the month before it was ended? Yeah. <laughs> it would be like pride 20 minutes is what it exactly. would be called. And yet we're trying to make a nuclear uh, uh, deal with them. Mm -hmm. Right. We're very actively engaged in diplomacy with them. John Kerry is, thank goodness. Yeah. Right. Best. So he will tell you he's an ally, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but 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 he's yet yeah, here we are trying to, to for some reason, rather than say, let's just destroy this evil government and give the people back, give the government, the country back to the great Iranian people. Nope. We're trying to pursue some sort of a relationship with them. And these are the things that they do. And it's the same with, sadly, a lot of the Middle Eastern countries. You know, we, we keep talking about how OPEC's a cartel and we don't want to be part of them. I agree. And yet we're buying their oil left and right. And if you're gay in Saudi Arabia, they throw you off the roof. 
So, so why are we buying their oil, Jennifer Granholm? Why don't we – you know what? They don't throw you off the roof in Midland, Texas. Now, <laughs> he, they, so, so why are we not trying to become better friends with Midland than we are with OPEC? So it's – yeah, That's Pride Month point. is going to be torturous, Jimmy, and I just <laughs> – we put our head – that's why we live in a farm in the middle of nowhere, Virginia, and just say everyone just leave us the hell alone. Because, <laughs> God, it's just awful. It's so Ugh. funny. <laughs> It's so funny. You're in an actual gay marriage, but they're turning you into a homophobe. Yeah. <laughs> very, very much so. You can't, very much so. You can't go it, anywhere. It, it, <laughs> oh, and it's just hysterical. But, you know, the same people who push the climate stuff, push the trans stuff. They push the the indoctrination of kids in, in school. They hate free ch- a, a school choice. It's all one huge movement, right? Yep. It just has lots of ugly, ugly faces. And, <laughs> and uh, the freedom movement is a much better one, and, uh, and I wish that would start to take bigger root in this country. Yeah, heaven forbid. Heaven forbid. Do you just remember, I, just, I say this on the show a lot, the old phrase, we'll agree to disagree. That was just a thing. You're like, ah, we'll agree to no. disagree. You can't disagree now. They'll burn your house down, get you fired from your job. And But that's where I think it's a scam is that it's all a patchwork quilt for compliance. The reason the climate people are the trans people is because that allows them to weave together all of this oppression under one umbrella. And you can't yeah. oppose any of it on an a la carte basis. You have to be in bed with all of it. That's what they're doing. Absolutely. And and you can't say at the one hand, like, we're just like you, we just want equal rights. But then on the other hand, say, but we are unique and special and we deserve our own sort of celebration because then you're not like everybody else. Right. And so once we start saying that we're not equal, well, then we have to have some sort of parameters to celebrate each other's specialness. And, and then if you're special because of your race, if you're special because of your gender or your transgender fluidity, or if you're special because of your sexual orientation or whatever, well, then, then we're not truly equal. And equality is ugly, right? We, and that's why they have changed it now to equity. Yep. Equity is way more fun because you can define it how you want. Equality stinks, right? Tell your kids about being equal when we're all emptying the trash. And it's like, well, I don't want to do it because I'm the smart one. I want to play piano. That's equity. But when that kid is told, nobody, you have to go empty the trash too, that's equality. And, 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 and ultimately, if you are a leftist, you don't want equality. You want to be treated special so long as you're the one being treated special. Oh, it's so true. What a scam, Daniel Turner. Well, anyway, happy Pride Month. Uh, <laughs> that's way to, way to boost spirits, uh, way to kick the week oh, off. It's great to have you on. It's going to be a bad month of tweets for me. That's for sure, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm not going to have it. So oh, I, we'll see you on Twitter for sure. It's going to be great. All right, we'll check in. I'll see you soon, buddy. You're the best. Thanks, Jimmy. My man. There he goes. He's, he can't have it, Daniel Turner, anymore. He's, Daniel Turner's married. So he's got a husband, and he thinks it's too much, and he's not wrong. And they're absolutely like they're they're taking what pride used to be, and they're weaving it into seven other things under the guise of it's the classic Trojan horse. Remember the Inflation Reduction Act? We all wanted to reduce inflation. It's at a 40-year high. But then the people who sold us an Inflation Reduction Act told us the minute the bill was signed, oh, by the way, this has nothing to do with inflation. It's a climate change bill. That's just how white folks will do you. A show with substance and style. This is my oldest guy in the boy band look. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He's a good-looking Italian. (laughs) 
It's the morning show that uh, overslept. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, they tell you you're never supposed to end the hour with a phone call because you just don't know where it's going to go. What if something terrible happens? Now, instead of closing the hour on a high note, you know, you get off in this awkward, messy situation. But we're rolling the dice. It's the tail end of the show. I'm heading over to TV after this to be on the Ingram Angle with Kaylee McEnany in the host chair. But joining us now to send us off, Reese is in Sheridan, Wyoming. Yo, Reese. You don't give me any credit, my friend. Oh, I got. I give you credit. I'm putting you on with a minute and a half to go. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, here's what our world needs. Mm-hmm. We need a little bit more of the code of the West. Ooh. The code of the West is something that I learned when I was at the University of Wyoming because that's what they endorsed, and that's what they taught all their students. And I grew up living that. So learning the code of the university wasn't a new thought uh, at all. Like, it was nothing new. And there's ten principles to live by that I think are – Congress folks and everybody in our entire population could benefit from. And those 10 principles to live by are, one, live each day with courage. Mm-hmm. Two, take pride with your work. Three, always finish what you start. Four, do what you have, do what has to be done. Mm-hmm. Five, be tough but fair. Six, when you make a promise, keep it. Seven, ride for the brand. Eight, talk less, say more. Nine, remember some things aren't for sale. And ten, nowhere to draw the line. And that's what our you beat con- the you beat the buzzer, Reese. Congratulations, the show's over. <laughs>Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.